This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On paper, you'd think this was going to be one hell of a train wreck. But then you listen, and you realize common sense doesn't have a party, an ideology, a stereotype, or a color. Can we be united again? Stick around, and we'll prove it. This is Doc in the Block. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doc in the Block podcast. I'm here with my two partners in crime, Veron Haynes and the greatest music producer in the world, Big Block Spencer. Guys, how you doing? What's up with you, baby? How you doing, Scott? Good morning. Good morning. What's up? What's up? Hey, man, I was talking to Linda, our producer, by the way, uh, who's magnificent behind the scenes. And I had an idea, guys. It's Doc Block and I'm the jock. So what do you thought? What are your thoughts? <laughs> I, already, I already sent that to Linda like six months ago. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. So I'm behind the scenes. <laughs> I'm late on the draw. No, I'm doing well, man. Great week. You know, I'm up in New York again, but nonetheless, let's get this done. I'm, I'm excited about our guest today. So, yeah. dude, Justice came down and did some uh, media for Barbara Orthopedics, and man, the dude is born for this stuff. Thank you, brother. He's so charismatic. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you for giving him the opportunity and the shot, but you do great work, and don't don't disregard what you do, brother. You put forth your best effort every day, and you grind it out no matter what. Uh, You're always there when everybody calls you. You know, I... Hey, quick story, Doc. So, so Block, I'm like... Doc, I can give people who are not, you know, my immediate family the office number. He's like, no, give him my number and have him call me. And I'm like, Doc, you, you know, they're going to blow your phone up. I don't care. Have him call me right now. And he takes every call, you know, and that's how he is, man. That's what makes you great and special in what you do, Doc. Thank you. All right, I could sit here all day and listen to you guys talk about how amazing I am, but uh, we got we'll carry we'll carry this bromance on a little bit later on. But today, I, I'm telling you, when we talk about big timers, we have the biggest of big timers with us today. I'm so excited to uh, introduce our guest to to our audience, uh, former paratrooper, special ops officer Israel Del Toro. Uh, he's with us today. He's been through a ton. Uh, he suffered burns on over 80% of his body. Somehow he survived uh, this battle. He re- reclaimed his life. Uh, he's written a book uh, called A Patriot's Promise. It's on sale July 4th, 2023. So it's already come out. Everybody needs to read this book because 
everything that embodies this show that we talk about honesty, integrity, um, um, accountability, being a good teammate. And, you know, I was reading some Aristotle last week because I'm trying to brush up on my classics. And, you know, Aristotle talked about the fact that courage is the most important of all the virtues because without courage, none of the others is possible. You have to have the courage to, uh, to live the life that's going to make you popular, or I shouldn't say make you popular, but live the life that's going to lead you down God's path and um, to have a fulfilling life. Uh, Israel, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Doc. Thank you for having me uh, here with all you guys. With Doc, those are Block and the Jock. I, I'm going to go with that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for a second there, I, I think I was going to introduce. I saw I was like, man, these guys love each other way too much. <laughs> it's like, man, I'm just going to be an Family, man. Yeah, family, man. Welcome to our Block. <laughs> That's all real too. We yeah. get, I mean, this thing all started because we were good friends and, um, you know, we were always talking about wanting to give back to the community and yeah. we would talk about how, how are you successful in life? And we started thinking that, um, the, the, the traits are the same, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, Veron's an amazing athlete and he has his skill set. you know, blocks, you know, had his obstacles. He's an amazing music producer. Our backgrounds are all different. We all have different skills, but the practices that we engage in every day are the same, you know, hard work, accountability, um, you know, trying to be virtuous. And, you know, we always are quick to point out on this show, we're sinners just like everybody else. It's a battle every day to be the person uh, that we want to be. And we fail sometimes, but the more you put effort into living a virtuous life, the more likely you are to have a fulfilling life. And it doesn't matter uh, what obstacles are thrown in your way. You know, our hashtag on this show is no excuses. And I think nobody can speak to that better than you. Um, talk to us a little bit about your story um, and let us know, how do you, how do you keep moving forward and uh, tell us about your life? Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, it really all started from a promise I made to my dad. Uh, so my dad, the last year and a half of his life, uh, he had respiratory issues, so he was on a respirator, and he had left for Mexico uh, to see if he could get, you know, some treatment that can help him. And so he called us. It, it was January 25th, 1988. And he had talked to her one day, you know, my mom, my brother, sister, and I was the last one to speak to him. And, you know, I was 12 years old at the time. And he's just like, typical, you know, phone call. How you doing? Are you behaving? Are you doing good at school? Blah, blah, blah. And, and then the last thing he asked me was like, Junior, I need you to promise me something. I'm like, what? I was like, promise me that you always take care of your brothers and sisters and your family. I'm like, okay. You know, little 12 year old kids just brushing out. It's like, okay, whatever, dad. And he makes me repeat it again. I don't know if, you know, and then we hung up. I don't know if he said something, but the next, the next day, coming home from school, I see two of my older cousins waiting there in the, in the driveway. And they're smiling and they're happy, but they had a somber look in, on themselves. And we go in and they tell my mom to send us to the room. And again, me being a curious 12-year-old kid, I'm, I'm looking outside the room, seeing what's going on. And I see my mom just scream and collapse. And, and I knew instantly that I had lost my dad. So from that promise uh, has has guided me and shaped me to who I am. Because I, 
just want, you know, I wanted on my dad. I wanted to let him down. So that kept me going. So, you know, that, that kept me going, you know, all through high, you know, grade school. And then right about, as I'm about to start high school, uh, that's when I lose my mom, uh, to a drunk driver a year and a half after my dad died. Uh, so now, you know, I got, I'm in charge of my brother and sisters now. And it's something I, I never regretted and I, I never will. You know, me being in, in charge, you can say, because it, it was difficult. It was hard. You know, I'm from the, I came from a south suburb of Chicago on a bad side of town. And, you know, I'm at the right age of, you know, I can go one way or the other. I can go on the path of keep honoring my dad and studying and, and play sports. I can go on a path where I've seen a lot of my other friends that were, you know, becoming gangbangers and doing other things. And, and I chose to go the harder path, you can say, you know, with help, you know, take care of my brothers and sisters, you know, study and all that. And, and that's what I did. Uh, and that kept me going through high school and then college. I, I started, I remember, uh, applying for school for university and, and I went to my counselor and the counselor was like, well, you know, maybe you should go to, uh, to a junior college, where there's nothing wrong with a junior college. I got no problem doing that. But I always wanted to go to the University of Illinois. So, you know, I was going to take what he said. So I applied and I get a full academic scholarship. And I go back to my counselor's office, slam that letter on his desk and, and said a very colorful word that cost me a month's detention. But it was, it was so worth it, you know, because, but, you know, I didn't realize, you know, I went to a, a Catholic school and my counselor was a priest. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I went off there and my freshman year, you know, doing great. And then I'm home one day, you know, for like a weekend and my, my grandfather gets a stroke. Cause you know, now my brothers and sisters are being, you know, my grandparents are raising us and I want to drop out of school then. And my grandma says, no, no, keep going. So I keep going. And then I start my sophomore year and sophomore year, my grandma gets diagnosed with cancer and, and I drop out. Well, I didn't even finish my f- first semester of my sophomore year. And again, it was, I had honored that promise to my dad, take care of your family. And even though it was going to cost me, you know, my full ride, you know, it was worth it to, to be there for my brothers and sisters and, and help my grandparents. And that- Israel, let me ask you, you know, when, when we talk to our big timers, you know, when we talk to our audience, you know, one of the things we're always preaching is everybody has an obstacle in front of them, right? Everybody has a cross to bear. Everybody's going through something, right? But there's no excuses, right? God gives us all the tools that we need to keep moving forward to be, uh, you know, a God, you know, I, I think of it, I'm here to be God's servant. I, I was thinking about it in the car today you know, God help me do your will. And it always leads to a fulfilling life for myself. You know, the more I'm trying to be in service to others, the more rewarding my own life is. And that's kind of a message that we try to teach these kids. And any one of these obstacles, losing a dad, losing a mom, um, you know, all of the issues that you had, you know, growing up in a, in a tough neighborhood, a lot of kids will say, 
you know, that's my excuse. That's why I can't achieve. What would you say to those kids? You had all of these incredible obstacles that would break a lot of people. And yet you kept moving forward. Where did you find your strength? You know, honestly, it still goes back to my dad. It's, it's my dad always, you know, my dad came from Mexico. You know, he, you know, he came, uh, you know, he worked. And again, yes, we weren't in the greatest neighborhood, but he had his family. And he always used to tell me, son, that's like, if you don't succeed, it's no one else's fault but your own. Yep. It ain't cause where you, where we grew, where you grew up at or what, you know, cause we're Mexican, you know, don't be blaming that on, on, on anyone else. If you did not succeed, it's cause you didn't want to. And, and I take that to heart. And it's something I teach my son now. I was like, there's no such thing, you know, oh, cause this person's time's like, no, you, you stop cause you wanted to, not cause anyone else stopped you. And, and, and I think, that's what it is. You know, sometimes a, a lot of these kids out there just don't have the, the right mentors. I, I I had my mentor for 12 years, but he gave me enough knowledge to help me keep going and not stop. Uh, but I also like to think that we all have a spark that drives us, that pushes us, that doesn't let us uh, spiral down the rabbit hole, which is, is kind of ironic and funny that here here's a burn guy talking that we all have a spark, uh, but we do. And sometimes we can find it on our own, but other times, you know, we need help finding it. Uh, Cause you know, we honestly, we can't do it alone. You know, the, these, these kids out there, they need help. They need those mentors. They need that, that advice. They, they got to hear that. Yeah, dude, don't, don't have excuses why you couldn't do something, you know, cause there's plenty of people that are in the same situation you're on and they succeed. DT. You also, DT. You also have a history of service, right? Service to your family, service to your nation. I do. Yeah, that's exactly where I wanted to go. And that's, that, that's so important, right? Because, you know, uh, giving back is the most important part. Talk to me about that moment when you decided to fight that battle uphill battle and become laid on the line for this country. Thank you for your service, by the way. Uh, absolutely. Sir. Yeah. You know, people always and how hard and difficult that was, because, you know, that's that's, you know, I read all these books, but people don't get the back end of getting to that special force guy, you right? Know, you know, uh, so people ask me, did you come from a lineage of military? Or were you, did you want to do it since you were a little kid? And I was like, no, not at all. So then that's why I asked, what made you join? I was like, honestly, I was 22 years old. Uh, you know, obviously my, my younger brother and sister were already getting older. My one sister was getting married and, and, you know, so they were all kind of taken care of. And I had a real good job making good money, but man, I felt so unfulfilled. Like I wasn't living up to my potential. And, and I saw a commercial. And I'm like, why not? And then I grew up in the generation of Rambo. You know, who didn't want to be Rambo, dude? Have that long flowing hair, that chiseled body. You know, obviously I don't have the long flowing hair anymore. And and my son likes to say, you got more of a dad bod, but it's okay. But back then I wanted to be Rambo. So, you know, I went in, you know, I, I joined and going through basic was nothing big for me, you know. Again, I'm in the generation where I played football and the football coaches were actually real mean and grabbed you from the helmet and slammed you when you jacked up, you know. And then being yelled at was nothing big for me either. I came from a Hispanic family. 
The only thing I had to worry about is like, are the, the instructors going to throw a chuckle at me? You know, but you know, I, I went through it. And then when the recruiter came, when I was in basic, came to be, I talked to my career field because my career field is called TACP, which stands for Tactical Air Control Party. We're the ones that call them the airstrikes. And he's just, you know, he walks in, man, he is decked out with all his uh, badges. His his uh, jungle boots just look amazing. He has his black beret on. And I swear he walked in with a stogie too. And just starts talking about what our job was going to be. We call it the airstrikes. We're the guys on the ground. You know, when they need us, we're the ones. We drop bombs, you know, gunfire, uh, artillery. And, and I'm like, holy crap, this guy is Rambo. And, and then, and then he says the coolest thing. It's like, gentlemen, you know what's the best thing about being a tech? He, it's like, what, sir? It's like, see this black beret I got on? Yes, sergeant. It helps me pick up chicks. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. I was like, so, you know, it, it, I joined and, and, and I went through the process and it was, it is hard. You know, you, you know, being pushed to the max. Uh, I always like to quote, I think it was Bruce Smith that when they asked him, how hard is football? And he said it's 90 or 4% mental and 96%. No. Nine, yeah. The other way, right? Four percent yeah, physical, ninety-six percent mental, and that's what it is. It really is. You know, you're getting pushed, yes, physically, but they're hitting you mentally because they don't want you to break when you're out there downrange. You know, they're gonna keep pushing, 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 and the goal is not to break on. Uh, you know, that you'll be able to overcome it, uh, have that adversity. And so, you know, when I, when I graduated, when I got my parade, man, it was the coolest thing. And then obviously I went off to my first base there at Fort Bragg, North Carolina and, and honed my, my skills, uh, to get ready to go downrange and defend my country if needed to. Yes. How was it being, um, being like a son of an immigrant, like coming up like that? How was that? You know, for me, I don't know. I, I, I never felt it, I guess, uh, cause it, Obviously, in my neighborhood, there's you know lot lots of us out there, uh, and then joined the military. We're just a, a, a you can say a melting pot almost. You hate to say it, but it is. We're all come from different, you know, locations, you know, and, and we just that's real life. Yeah, and all we care about is like, hey man, you got my back when we're going down range. Hell yeah, and that's what yeah. and that's what that camaraderie is about, man. It's nothing like it. It's the only. Time I've ever felt anything close to that is when I played sports. You know, when, you know, when I played football and baseball, you know, that was the, that camaraderie knowing that this guy will take a bullet for you and die for you and knowing you would do the same for them is it, nothing like it. And, and I'm, it's one of the biggest things I miss, you know, being retired now is, you know, being with my, my boys out there. Bros, the brotherhood. That's what we talk about. Integrity, right? Yeah. Is is living your life according to a code, you know. And and there's a lot of fulfillment in that, and it's rewarding when you're with a community, whether it's a family or an extended family, like a special ops team. And you know, looking for that opportunity to be in a position where you can serve is is you know, in my my estimation, it's just the the best feeling. Um, and when we start to see people in these different walks of life. 
we see these common threads. You know, I always like to bring up Adam Smith. It just sticks in my head. He wrote The Wealth of Nations a long time ago, 1700s. And he talked about the fact that there's very little difference between people in terms of their intelligence and their strength and, you know, their physical and mental abilities. But the thing that separates people from one another are their habits. It's the things that you do every day, hard work, you know, putting in the time, no quitting, no excuses. You do that over a period of time and eventually you win. I want to hear about your thoughts on that coming from a guy lost his father, lost his mother, joined special f- uh, forces. You're in the, in the service industry. Uh, you get horribly wounded. Things, any one of these things would break a lot of people. And yet here you are on the big timer show, still telling our audience that there's a way forward to be successful. I want to hear about your thoughts on that. Yeah. You know, uh, for a long time, I, I thought I was cursed. I really did think I was cursed because anytime I had a high, I just get back right, knocked down. And I was like, why is this happening to me? Why at such a young age am I going through so many obstacles? And, and like you said, you know, maybe the big man upstairs had a, a plan for me, pre- prepare me for my big, biggest obstacle that was going to happen on December 4th, 2005, which is when I got hurt. Uh, you know, when, when I got hurt and then going to a coma and then waking up and being told that they gave you a 15% chance to live, uh, that you were in a coma four months and, you know, almost died three times and now your, your body, uh, 80% of it has 30 degree burns. It's shocking. You know, when I went to bed after I, when I got hit, when I got put under, I had all, all my body parts. I, I went, you know, I went from a 200 pound muscle head to 115 pounds. You know, I, I looked tiny. I looked frail and scared. You know, I, I looked like a podcast host. <laughs> you guys are getting serious on me. <laughs> but, but, you know, and then they start telling you, all right, yeah, you're awake now, but guess what? You're still going to be here for another year and a half. You may not walk again. You'll be on a respirator for the rest of your life, and your military career is pretty much over. Wow. And, and, and they're waiting for your reaction. They really are. Like I said, I couldn't move because all my muscles had atropine. You know, I'm, I'm lucky that I, I can see that I, I lost fingers on my hands. And I couldn't talk because I had a trach. So they're pretty much reading my lips. And I pretty much told them, you can go to hell, but with more colorful words. You know, because I was not going to accept what they said my life was going to be. I wasn't going to let this injury or disability define me. I was going to define it. I was going to choose what my life was going to be. Like I said earlier, I never let people say what my life was going to be. Because if I did... Again, to the experts back when I was young, I should have been a gangbanger, drug dealer. I was neither. You know? Uh, and so why am I going to accept what these docs are going to say? So I, I got up and pushed. And I pushed every day. And, and like I said, we have a spark that drives us. And for me, it was my son. I never wanted to be that guy sitting on a chair, looking out the window, and hating life. Yeah. I wasn't teaching, I wasn't going to teach my son anything if I did that. 
And I got to also continue to honor that promise to my dad. Take care of your family. And so I pushed. Because again, I wanted to show my son, you can beat this son. You know, I wanted to prove the doctors wrong, that they, they, they were wrong what my diagnosis was going to be. But most of all, man, I wanted to show those SOBs that left that bomb that they weren't going to ruin my life, man. I'm going to overcome it and still continue living. And two months after they told me that, I left that hospital walking and breathing my own. But I never did it. I won't never stand up here and say I did it on my own. I, yeah. I, I didn't. Because there was times where I did felt down and like, man, why am I doing this? But I had my family there. I had my teammates there. You know, my best friend from the military came down every month, postponed his waiting until I was strong enough so I could be in it. That that support helped me, you know, come out of those times when I was feeling sorry for myself and was like not in the mood to push it. And so, you know, you, you got to have that help. And, and like I said, it's just, I just, I wanted to prove so many people wrong that I'm going to still continue living and, and love living. DT, you hit on a good, great, actually a great point, right? Uh, one of my best athletes that I am encouraged to hear his story over and over again is Kobe Bryant, right? He tears his ACL, right? Um, his um, Achilles. And, you know, the next thing is, you know, he's about to do a free throw. He has two free throw shots, but it wasn't about, it was, it wasn't about anything else, but your next thought, your next thought, right? So you're laying in the hospital. Kobe goes to the line, limps to the line and, and makes his free throws. And then his next thought is, getting on with the process, right? Like moving on and conquering, overcoming this torn Achilles. You're laying in the hospital. You have that moment. And your thought, which is so profound, is winning that battle, right? Not letting that be the defining moment. So you 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 hit on such a great, 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 great pivotal point right there, which kids, you know, instead of looking at it one way, it's always an other option. And if you can find the, 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 the ray of sunshine and that glimmer and that glimmer of hope, you will succeed. Your next door has to be the best. Uh, now you are where you are in life, right? You're, you, you're very successful. You have overcome battles. Come back to me. So what would you tell your son you know, your son is at the age of our audience. Now you are where you are and your dad has at, now your dad, now you're inspiring moments and, 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 and encouraging so much people. What would you tell your son on, if you were to go back and be his age right now, what was, what would you, what would your message be to your son? You know, I would just, uh, I would tell my son, I was like, you know, which I have told him. I was like, son, you know, your, your mind is a very powerful thing. You know, if, if you quit up here, son, everything else underneath will, will quit also on you. It's like, you, you gotta believe that you're gonna 
you know, you can overcome it. Yes, you're going to have some tough moments. You're going to have those obstacles. But the goal, the goal of resiliency and adversity is being able to overcome them. And yes, like I said, some are, some are easier, but some are hard. But as long as you have, you know, being positive here and have your friends and family by your side, you will succeed. And, and that's why I try and encourage from, for my boy. Kudos to you for that. Doc, you, um, he, 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 he's a, he's a, he, he, he's an inspiration to us all, man. I'm telling you, he's hit it on the head with resilience, you know, and that's the, that's what we message that we preach to these, these kids that's going, going through their journeys and their destination, right? Trying to get to their destination right now. You got to be resilient. Got to have that tough skin. Well, the thing is, is we talk about it on the show all the time. Life is not about winning all the time. Life is going to have its ups and downs. That's normal. You know, your next, your next failure is right around the corner and you just got to keep moving forward. I always like to talk about that Tiger Woods thing. I love that story, you know, because the, 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 the imagery of it is so perfect as a metaphor for life. You know, he hits, he's at the masters, he's on that par three, hits a terrible tee shot that goes off the side of the green. And in that moment, it's like, man, I just blew it. But then on the very next shot, he hits that chip that goes up onto the green. You know, it's rolling around on the green, takes like 10 minutes to roll to the hole. And then the Nike logos hanging up on the hole and the ball goes in. It's like the most iconic golf shot in history. And when you think about just a moment before he had just blown it, you know, maybe even lost the tournament. And then his very next shot, you know, is one of the great shots in golf history. And it's such a great metaphor for life is when you're doing things and you meet obstacles and you, you endure failure, you never know what's right around the corner. And I think uh, Israel, you could speak to that better than anybody. I mean, you just keep getting knocked down in ways that would break a lot of people. And yet you keep moving forward. Tell me about what your fulfilling life looks like to you now. You know, you're an author, you know, you're, you're very successful. Tell us about that. You know, it's uh Looking back, you think this kid that lost his parent, his, his dad back in 88 would be this person he is now. I, I would never have guessed that, you know, and, and have the friends he has. Uh, but it, it, I sometimes compare it to like Forrest Gump, you know, <laughs> reliving, you know, my, my, my journey. Uh, yeah. yes, I have met presidents. So, there I am again, going to the White House <laughs> again. Again. Yeah. And then seeing some amazing things like, you know, the night before I got hurt, you know, in Afghanistan, the, you know, doing my watch, it was the most beautiful sky I've ever seen in my life. You know, with all the stars, you know, like Forrest Gump talked about when he was in Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's so fulfilling. Because it took me a long time to see my purpose. You know, it was something I, I, I saw right away. It took a long time, you know, because people say, Oh, you're, you're this hero. You're, you're so inspiring. And for me, I was like, ah, I'm just, I'm just DT. It takes me a little longer to put my pants on. I like to hang out with my friends, play some Call of Duty, but I'm still just DT. It didn't take it until I spoke to this young lady or I spoke to this crowd of military and this young lady. Uh, was in two years. She was an A1C and stands up and, and says after my speech, Sandal Toro, 
There are many times I try to end my life. And I heard how you didn't give up, how you kept fighting, how you had your spark. So I want to thank you. You helped me find my spark. And, and I see that I can enjoy life. That one, it was the first time it hit me. They're like, oh my God, yeah. I am helping these people. And I'm again, I'm a realist. I know I'm not going to touch everyone. And I know my, my book, A Patriot's Promise, isn't going to touch everyone. But those one or two yep. that really need it and need to hear it and find life again, all that pain, all that suffering, all that, all those obstacles I went through is worth it. Because I, I end up honoring that promise to my dad because it is, yes, it started with my brothers and sisters, but it evolved now to anyone that needs help and, and to be there for them and be their voice. And, and that's what I'm trying to do. And that's what I do now. You know, I hang out at home with my family, you know, uh, you know, get on my ranch and get on my tractor, cut the pasture and, and, and just <laughs> wow. sit what a life. And, and laugh, you know. You know, this, this reminds me of uh, Soul Surfer, the movie Soul Surfer about um, Bethany Hamilton. Surfer got her arm bitten right. off by a tiger shark. I, my, my family always makes fun of me because I'm a homer for when I like a movie like Forrest Gump, I'll watch it like a hundred times in a row. And my wife and kids are, what are you doing? I'm watching, you're watching Soul Surfer again, like 12 times in a row. And I just, I get things, things strike me. Um, you know, and I just get engulfed in them. And I love that movie Soul Surfer for a lot of reasons. I grew up in Hawaii and I grew up surfing and I was afraid of sharks my whole life. And then Jaws came out. I saw Jaws and it was the worst mistake of my life. I did not go surfing for probably six months. And then I remember the first time I went surfing after seeing the movie it was like six months later, I sat on the beach for like two hours, just watching the lineup, trying to rationalize in my head, you know, what are the chances of me being the one that gets hit? You got a million surfers out there. And so I paddle out and I eventually go. And I just, I remember that day so vividly about how scared I was. Now you got this girl, Bethany Hamilton. She's growing up. I want to say it was in Maui and she's 13 years old. She's out surfing. Like she does all the time. She's on track to become a professional surfer. She's one of the best, best surfers out there at her age. And a shark bites her arm off right up at the top. She gets in and this girl goes into the hospital and when her stitches came out two weeks later, the first thing she did was go back in the water and surf. And I'm thinking to myself, I saw Jaws. I didn't go surfing for six months. She actually lost her arm and she was back in the water again. And when she was trying to get back to, if you didn't see the movie, she's trying to, you know, she's obviously depressed and it's hard to surf and everything. And her, she's out there looking at the ocean. Her father comes out and she's like, dad, I don't know what to do. I'm in, you know, in the depths of despair. What do I do? And he said, he goes, you just keep it, um, you know, moving forward and, and you pray, you pray to God. And she goes, pray for what? And he said, whatever comes next, you know, like, I don't know what it is, but something will happen. And then, you know, he eventually helps her figure out a way to modify her surfboard so she can do it one arm. She ends up becoming a professional surfer. It's like the best movie ever, in my opinion. I love it because it has so many things that are, are so valuable and so true about life. And, um, you know, when they ask her at the end of the movie, they say, you know, do you wish that this didn't happen to you? And she says, you know, I wouldn't change what happened to me because what happened to me gave me the opportunity to reach so many other people and to to encourage so many other people to move forward and follow their dreams. And I, I feel like you have a lot of that in you as well. Um, let, tell me what you think about that. Well, it, it's true. People ask me, would, would you change anything uh, in your journey? 
I was like, not, not at all. It's like, not even, you know, the day. It's just like, no, because the day of the, the, when I got hit, I had a troop with me, my, my, my helper. And I could have sent him, but I knew it was dangerous. And so what if he didn't survive? And then that would have been, you know, I, I let my troop die because I, I didn't want to go on it. So no, I, I, I never, regret anything, never would change anything. You know, I think I, I, what, what I went through helped me and, and gave me the opportunity so I can help others. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I, I never try and play the what if I was like, this is my path. This is my life. And I'm going to enjoy every moment and this ride that I'm on. Uh, yeah, you're Israel. You know, as a man, right. You know, God give us the greatest gift and that's the son. How you felt when your son ran in your arms that day after this happened? You know, uh, when, well, not that day, but after it happened. You know what? Uh, my biggest fear yeah. uh, during my people ask, did you ever wish you died? Uh, and I'm like, no, except for one time, which I call my darkest hour. Uh, when you're severely burned, they cover the mirrors. They want to ease you into what you're going to look like. And Thanks. I remember when I first saw myself and I broke down, I, I said, I wish you should have let me die. I should be buried there in Arlington with the rest of my team. I should not be alive. And it wasn't a vanity thing. It was, my God, at the time I was 30 years old. And if I thought I looked like a monster, what's my three-year-old son going to think? You know, he was my everything. He was my world. Uh, he was my spark. And it took about 45 minutes. And then my wife and, and Gary, who was just tall, he was six foot six, bald, white dude. But my guardian angel, my physical therapist, were trying to kind of get me back from, you know, stop me from going down that rabbit hole. It's like, DT, you don't know how many people you motivate, you inspire. It's like, I don't care. I should have died. And then Gary says, DT, all your son wants is his dad back. Trust me, that's all he cares for. So that calmed me down, but I always had that fear back there. Then when I finally saw my son, you know, when I, when I walked in the house, I looked like a mummy, a mummy. I was wrapped up. I had my baseball hat on and, and this ain't what I looked like. Uh, cause you know, most people think that, you know, this is what I came out of the hospital looking like. It's like, no, this is when my son saw me. I had no upper lip. I had no nose. This is a hundred plus procedures. And I walk in and his, my wife says, Wedo, which is his nickname. He's like, well, Bobby's here. And he comes running out. He looks at me. Well, he stops. And I was like, holy crap, he's scared. But he just tilts his head, looks at me. He says, Bobby? I was like, yeah, buddy. Comes up and gives me the most amazing hug I've ever had. The, the most amazing moment besides seeing my son being born. And I remember my wife's like, don't hurt your dad. I'm like, shut up, woman. Let me hold my boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, my, Gary was right, man. All my boy wanted was his dad back. You know, he didn't care what he looked like. He just wanted his dad back. And, and sometimes we just don't give kids enough credit that they're very resilient in that way. Because yeah. it's usually more adults that will stare and look. But kids will, like, stop and ask, what happened? Because they want to be knowledgeable. They're very more resilient than oh. And so it was an amazing moment, brother. Amazing moment. You know, it's, I, I talk to my kids about this all the time about, uh, 
just a perspective on life, you know, and I always, my father used to tell me all the time, the two greatest gifts I was ever given in this world were my health and being born in the United States of America, where, you know, we have the freest society that allows people to achieve their dreams. And we, you know, we talk about all the obstacles people face and that's kind of the point. Everybody faces obstacles, but if you can't do it here, you can't do it anywhere and you can do it. That's our, that's our message. And I tell my girls, it's okay to feel down at times. We all do. It's all time. It's normal to have moments where you want to quit. You know, it's normal to have, you know, it's normal to be weak. We're all sinners. You know, we're all trying to live up to God's promise for us. Uh, But in the end, you have to understand that there are always people that have it so much worse than you and they manage to. So you need to always find the courage in yourself to, to keep moving forward. And that's why it's so important to have guests like you on this show to show people that whatever you're going through out there, you know, it's funny when we started this show for me, it was like I had this reading disability that, uh, you know, made it hard for me to get into med school. And now that we've had so many of these guests, it doesn't even seem like something that I should bring up. And that's kind of the point, you know, whatever you're going through, somebody's had to go through worse and they made it. So don't quit. You know, the other thing is, Life is all about relationships and service to other. And that's where your strength comes. You know, it's not about you. It was about your son. And in your son, that gives you the strength to move forward. It gives you purpose in your life and meaning in your life. And that's what, you know, we need all our big timers to be striving for, just to find that purpose in life that we get in service to others. Yeah. Much is given, much is required. So, yeah. hey, and, and, and another thing that my, my grandma used to always tell me is God doesn't put anything more on your plate than you cannot bear. So those challenges are for you, you know, and your journey is yours, right? It's not, I, I'm not saying I can bear DTs and DTs not saying he can bear mine, but take your journey on, face it head on each and every day. Keep that man above in 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 in, in your in, in your array, and you will be fine. You will be fine. Keep pushing forward, man. That's the message. It, it is true. People ask, you know. I was like, I don't think I could do what you did. I was like, you don't know that. I was like, did I think I was going to get blown up and be on fire and coma and then you know be who I am now when I was you know in my prime in the military? It's like, no. I was like. But you never know, you know, the goal is like you said, uh, that what's pushed in front of you, overcome it and beat it and, and, and continue living. Cause the, when the doc said, you know, life's full of challenges. It ain't not easy here. Here's, here's your ticket to success. No, there's a journey to that success. And, and there is not always easy. You know, there's plenty more, a lot more downs than they are up to get to that point. Israel, talk to me about how your faith helped get you through. I mean, we talk about that as being a big component on this show is that faith is really important uh, for big timers to be successful. I know we all uh, depend on God and, you know, (laughs) I was, I've been nervous about things. I'm more of a nervous Nelly than Block is. And he's always busting my chops that he goes, that's because your faith is not strong enough. He's like, I don't worry about things because my faith is strong. And it really, he says it as a joke, but I actually am like, it it helps me in my life because I'm like, that's true. Tell me about yours. You know, uh, for me, obviously in the beginning, because I, like, I I thought I was cursed 
And then yeah. when the accident happened, you know, my, my faith wasn't the, the strongest. You know, I, I felt why, you know, I was, I was at that point why. And, and it, it, it took, like I said, a, a, a minute for me to find it, to get, get my faith back. And, and, you know, I had to help with my, of my family, my wife being there, you know, she, she's a devoted Catholic. And, you know, she was like, there's a purpose why you're going through this. There's a reason why God put all these things in front of you. Yes, maybe right now you can't see it, but trust me, she calls me Junior. Trust me, Junior. You will see it. You will see the light, why this happened to you and why you're still alive. Because right now you shouldn't be. And it really, I think it really hit me when I started speaking, you know, public speaking and, and, and being an advocate for the wounded guys. When I saw, all right, all right, big man, I see, I see why I'm here. I see why you put all this stuff in front of me. I see why you want me to still be alive so I can help these people that, you know, may not go as hard of a journey that you, I went through, but if they're on that path where they're having those hard times, you're here to help them. And, and that's, that's when I regained my faith. That's when I saw the light. You could say, I was like, I got you, God. I got you. And I was like, and I was like, I, I thank you for putting this. Yes. I miss my dad. I miss my mom. I miss my loved ones that I lost. But I, I thank you for putting me on this journey so I can help others with their journeys. DT, that your story is an amazing story, and I know it's going to be motivation to many people. You know, I'm looking at this picture of you before your injury, and I'm looking at this guy with a square jaw and a thick neck. Um, I got to tell you, that's still the guy I see in front of me, right? Because the way the image that you project to other people is the whole person. It's your character and everything about you. And you're still that thick neck square jawed uh, soldier. Thank you so much for your service to this country. Appreciate Thank you, you for Thanks. so much for being on this show. You're a true big timer. Uh, I want to tell all of our uh, audience out there, um, you know, no excuses. Israel's shown that to us. Uh, we want, well, I hope everybody uh, really takes your message to heart. Thank you for being a part of our show. We're going to have you back again. You've been an amazing guest. Boys, thanks for being here. Uh, everybody, bigtimers.com, dockintheblock.com. Look us up. we got a lot of great events coming up in the next uh, coming weeks and months. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll see you guys next time. Yes, sir.